modeling is very interesting. And throughout the years, I've applied a lot of my yoga practice and my meditation practice to modeling because you have to become this formless person in a form. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another session of Influencer Insights, where I have Natalia from out in the beautiful Sunshine Coast in British Columbia. Uh, she's kind of living partially off the grid in in a wonderful forest little village out there. So uh, thank you for joining us, Natalia. We're really excited to have you on and hear about some of your uh, your modeling journey and your entrepreneurial spirits and finding better ways to live sustainably. I think that's really cool stuff. So so welcome and tell us a little bit about yourself as we get started here. So. Well, well, my name is Natalia, and um, some people know me by different names, whether that's Observe, Breathe, or Queen of the Green. And uh, I'm a multi-talented artist turned influencer. As a uh, musician, I help to raise funds to clean plastic out of the oceans and help protect forests. And nice. as an influencer, I'm geared towards working more so with sustainable companies, or at least people who have sustainable options, because like... Sometimes we wear artificial things, but it's just about a healthy balance in life. I've learned, you know, like I've been the eco freak and I've been the fashionista. And I find that it's just about finding a balance and taking care of the cloth in such a way so that we're not like leaking tons of microplastics everywhere all the time and just, you know, having a healthy balance. So for me, as an influencer, that's kind of like what I'm influencing is like green beauty green makeup or cleaner makeup because that you know some people say no makeup is clean but there is makeup made with better ingredients so i right. think that that's what we mean when we're saying clean or green makeup okay and um i'm also influencing skincare better with age i don't really like the term anti-aging but like you know as we're decaying in these like flesh suits it's really nice to learn how to take care of our bodies and yes. optimize our um, cell regeneration and whatnot. So for me, um, a lot of the products and the people that I work with as an influencer are geared towards health and wellness and um, beauty, but, you know, beauty from the inside out, right? That's... Feeling good from the inside out. So, cool. Yeah. So what, I guess, what prompted that train of thought? Where did, where did that start for you? Was it when you were young, you were like, hey, I want to be more sustainable. You've seen things in the world or did you just... You know, start learning about it on the internet or in the research that you've done. What what kind of prompted wanting to be an influencer of sustainability? I would say that I have a pretty crazy life story, so I'm not going to like give the full go. But um, sure. I had some near death experiences that really gave me some awakening. Um, okay. That had to do with like losing brain fluid and overdoses and things like that. And then wow. I had this like massive awakening in those experiences because I think that when our life is hanging by a thread, it just does something to our consciousness. Isn't and right? you know, a lot of DMT gets released, a lot of missions, right? And then um, I kind of ran away from an intense situation at home and I decided I was going to survive on the streets with a, a pen and a paper for like a good while. Um, and oh I literally lived my life as this beatboxing, singing rapper girl that sold jewels on the side of the street and modeling was a way that I would make very quick money because I realized that I could like model, charge $100 an hour. And then along my path, I got 
pulled into festival culture, which was, you know, introduced me to quinoa. I remember being mm-hmm. like, what's quinoa in like yeah. 2009? Like, what's quinoa? Yep. And it introduced me to like the flower of life and sacred geometry and, you know, all the things that EDM and festival culture introduces us into. And a big part of that was like meeting people that were more eco-minded. And I didn't find that necessarily in festival culture, but it inspired it. So I went on these journeys all throughout different parts of the planet that I was called to continuously. I take whatever money I got from modeling and from playing shows and I would just fly to a place because I felt like it. And I just do the same thing again. I'd show up. I sometimes use couchsurfing.com, but I mostly just like did it without a cell phone or without a pen or or sorry, without um, a cell phone or tablet or a laptop, like just with a pen and paper, like old sure. school, meet people at the drum circles, meet people at the ecstatic dance, meet people talk, meet people at cafes. I think food played a big part in it was me cleaning my diet out. I did a lot of cleansing, a lot of parasite cleansing. Okay. And being in alignment with eating healthier and using healthier products brought me to places that I would have never uh, had access to if not for um, my interest in those. Right. Mm-hmm. So I got brought into some like permaculture, multi-million dollar palaces where I got to meet some of the most amazing people, superfood geniuses, you know, people who are like, experts, experts in cleansing yes. and doing that, having access to these things like discovering monatomic gold, quite young and discovering, you know, certain minerals and superfoods and all of that, basically becoming a superfood junkie. <laughs> like, sure. Do what I can to like cleanse my body. After all of that, I would say it was in about 2020 when I decided to take the influencer path, took all of my modeling photos that I had from like all these years of travels and right. I built up a portfolio and I started contacting these companies that I wanted to work with. That was kind of the beginning of it all was just me being like, okay, I'm doing this. Like, I'm not just going to be this rapper and this singer and this model. Like, right. I'm also going to be an influencer because it right. made sense because people always came to me. They always wanted my advice on products. They always wanted my beauty secrets. They wanted to know where I got my clothes. They wanted to know all these things from me. So naturally I was like, hey, I can make a living off of recommending things to people and writing and you know just basically being this person that is of inspiration because i think that that's originally what influencers are supposed to be is they're supposed to like inspire things within us you know it's a world of consumerism out there so i think for a long time i rebelled against it because like i didn't want to create more of a a footprint on the earth you know like I i used to not even wear artificial clothing for like 10 years um i washed everything by hand i was like so meticulous with how i chose to live my life And then I got to a place where I realized that I could be more impactful if I were to, you know, kind of like blend in and stand out in a way like, you know, where I'd be able to carry my um, values and my morals into my work, into the world of business and modeling and fashion and all of that. So I started a clothing line that year in 2020, Happy Existence. And um, that was huge for me because I was like, well, if I want to make more sustainable wear in the world, I have to like make it. <laughs> you know what I mean, like not sure. just sew it by hand, but like you know, put it out there in in, in a bigger way. Open a store sure. with e-commerce. Uh, yeah, I started working with certain companies that have um, sustainable options, which was good. Yeah, that's kind of how I got into influencing. Was twenty twenty so- pandemic? I was going through a lot at the time. I was really struggling in my life. I didn't even know if I was going to live. It's like sure. not in a really good place. 
But I thought to myself, hey, if I could like put things out there in the world and inspire people to, you know, like I believe that green is glamorous. Like I believe that people can look just as good wearing all natural, like, you know, made of natural material makeup and wearing hair products that aren't filled with absolute gunk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I believe that sure. we can get the same vibe and the same look and feel just as good going for cold dips in the river, coming out, like learning how to take care of our skin and our hair and our nails without you know, having everything be so artificial and synthetic. So, so kind of a timeline, I guess, for this 2020 was when you kind of dived into being a, an influencer in that end of it. Like when, yeah. how long before that did you do the traveling and like, were you oh, in high school yet? Or was it after that? Or I began traveling at two weeks old with my family, like quite literally, like my first plane was to New York and at two weeks old. And then wow. I never stopped until I was 26. So okay. from so I had like little periods of time where we settled in Alberta for a short period of time, but I never enjoyed that time. So I kind of just like ran away and kept traveling. So I've always traveled like nonstop, like all over to different places. Top three mm -hmm. favorite places to be. <laughs> okay. Number one, uh, a little place in Hawaii called Puna. Some Ooh. people refer to people there as Punatics, but it's a specific <laughs> lifestyle that you have to have a certain mindset to be able to live there. You know what right. I mean? It's very yeah. much a mob mentality, tribal, like we like live off grid. And if you mess with us, like, wow. <laughs> but it's also like the most loving, supporting real community that I've ever had. So, and the fruit is amazing. The nature is amazing. And the lifestyle there is basically a living rebellion of utopia. Like okay. it's, it's an incredible place. So cool. that I would say is one Number of one. my favorite places the world number one number two that's a tricky one because there's so many places i've been but that don't really stick out i definitely love paris like i've okay. always had it with paris since i was a very young girl and i don't know what it is about it like paris and southern france and that whole area there like paris is kind of like this uh central place in france that like you know it has all this like big woo woo around romance and yes. there's also like this harshness to it that a lot of people don't really okay. um, aren't used to you know like the french can be so blunt but like i love that i love really blunt like in your face like fully in love with life and like that kind of vibe i really like that about the french cool. um trying to think of another place that like really stands out because for me it's like i could just bring it all to puna like i've always felt that way then i'm like you know what if it would Second be to be a place you know, I like the Yucatan and I like, like there's places I like, there's things I like about places, but they don't like hit my soul the same. Do you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. places that I'm like, yeah, that's, that's cute. But like, would I actually live there full time? No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, like, I, is that a place I would vacation to? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? I totally yeah. understand. Some, some places I, in the world just kind of, yeah, it feels like home no matter where you are. Right. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I used to really like this place, like the Sunshine Coast in Vancouver, but unfortunately, like I said, the can the culture kind of cancels out the beauty of nature here, which is kind of harsh to say, but like, that's just my truth, you know? What's like, the, what turns you off about the culture, I guess? I would say that there's this like individualistic condition, consumeristic mindset that's like um, always lingering that a lot of people are in denial of. And so they're juxtaposing it, uh, whatever colonial guilt they may have by creating these spiritual sub personalities and these like higher than thou illusionary um, sub personalities. And yeah. then if you call them out on their incongruent behavior, they, you know, they, they do this thing where they get really like exclusive and they exclude you. And it's like the snobbish kind of like weird passive aggressive energy. And yeah. for me, I'm just not like that. Like I've been to very blunt places in the world, like whether that's the South of the States or whether that's down in LA or whether that's in Alberta 
or whether that's in Europe, like, or whether that's in Pune, it's like, I'm sure. used to people being really like upfront and direct. And I find that in the Sunshine Coast, there's a lot of, and, and, and in Vancouver, there's a lot of like deceit. And there's a lot mm -hmm. of people stepping on one another to try to gain some kind of like status advantage. A lot of manipulation, a lot of just, it's been a very, and I've met a lot of people around the world who've been to these areas and have said the exact same thing to me. And I'm like, yeah, like there's something in the culture here. I think it's because everything is so expensive that people, their focus has to become money. They're always in a state of survival. And um, there's, you know, most of the peace and love comes from EDM culture, which unfortunately is just riddled with addictions, concealing yeah. deeper issues at hand. So, yep. What yeah. what's drawn you back to the Sunshine Coast yourself? Mm, why I'm here? Well, mm -hmm. I live in a really big, beautiful land that I can just like keep to myself with my family. So I come here and I hermit and I do my work. I record. And then when I go to the city, I go perform and I do shoots. How often do you spend time creating versus going out and doing the, the shows and the shoots and stuff? I'd say I'm always creating. Like even when I'm doing shows and shoots, I'm like filming, I'm posting, I'm, you know, I'm always creating. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to like actually making albums, it's like a throughout thing. It's never like a, I'm going to just do this and then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. It's like uh, I got to do this, 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 do this. And, I, uh, right. <laughs> and then start over again, do this, do this, do this, do this. Do and this, you're at the end eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, yeah, it's always like a throughout process. It's never it's never done. I've been working on a project for 15 years. You know, okay. it's like huge project and then i have another one that i completed which is an eight-year project and then i'm working on one that's like a six or five-year project and then after that there'll be one more and then i'm going to be done with albums because cool. like i can singles i can do like freestyling and my stuff that's live but like recording actual albums like i don't think people understand just like how much work it goes into it especially when you're an independent artist that's funded through yourself and you have to apply for grants and do everything yourself register all the royalties and distribution and all of that I don't think people understand just like how much work it is, oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of work. So I'm going to not, after I'm done with this album, I'm going to take a break until I finish my last album. And then I'm just going to be done with recording albums for a while. Fair enough. How, how many yeah. albums have you produced already? Two. I've done two. And then I have one that's in the works. I just need funding for. So I'm sure. going to start funding for that one. So um, three, and then I'm working on my fourth right now. And then after okay. that, we'll be my then that will be completion like, where yeah. I'm like, okay, boot. I'm getting old. <laughs> you know? I've got, I've got <laughs> the whole package is made, right? So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Cool. So um, what about the modeling end of things? Are you still doing some shoots? Are you still doing some work? Are you able to travel with that? How, how's that end of it going? All the time. My modeling basically funds my music career. And at one point, my music career actually was like thick enough to not do as much modeling, which was really good. But unfortunately, the pandemic changed that a lot and changed yes. the way that the modeling and the well, just the entertainment industry in general, which I'm a big part of because I do film and I model and I, you know, perform. Right. Um, but prior to the pandemic, I definitely was performing more than modeling, but modeling since I was young, I've been part of the modeling world. I was a witness to my mom being part of the modeling world. So I was in classes at like eight years old, okay. back in like Toronto, like 90s, you know, up from MTV and like, you know, that whole era. And then, um, then I got back into modeling when I was 12. And I applied at all these agencies, they liked my look, and then they didn't. And I think it's because, you know, you're in that awkward, like 12 year old growth spurt period, you know what I mean? 
And so then when I was 18, I discovered the power of Craigslist and then forums like Model Mayhem. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's all those like back ends. They're kind of sketchy, but whatever, you know, like modeling sites. And um, that's kind of how I started creating my own career for myself and how I survived on the streets and basically funded my uh, ability to eat and um, at some points to house myself, but mostly to eat and to do my music was was modeling was my main bread and butter for quite some time. So I still been going at it. I'm like 14 years like, um, you know. I've done thousands of shoots. So like, you right. know, like it's been, it's been quite, it's been quite a job for me and I'm really glad that it's been a part of my life. And um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I'm still doing shoots and I'm still, um, I might potentially go to Europe. I applied for a visa, so we'll see what happens there, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Nice. Yeah. What are, what are some people, like everybody, wants to be a model right like i mean that's kind of one of those things everybody wants to do right but you know there's a lot more to it as you've expressed in creating and being an artist and that sort of thing what are some things that you found and actually developing a bit of a career out of this uh some places to start some places things to watch out for things you wouldn't do things you would definitely do you have any tips for people listening on yeah, I would say, you know, like, um, build a model mayhem, build a purple port, have an official website if you can, uh, you can have an, uh, an account on caviar. These are all like free modeling sites that have like extra memberships for, you know, to get more exposure. I, I mean, I wouldn't recommend Craigslist in this era because there's, <laughs> this era is very different than when I began in 2009. Do you know what I mean? Like we're in whole different times now with all the AI and the bots and the whatever. But um, from model mayhem, and also, you know, there's Facebook. My only issue with Facebook is that, uh, it, you know, Facebook is a sketchy place, whether that's Facebook Marketplace or that's like Facebook, you know. Luckily, there's a lot of groups that will warn models about particular um, photographers locally that have had issues, uh, whether those are violence or assault or whatever. Yeah. Um, so there are groups. So if you're going to go the Facebook route, you know, uh, as well, just make sure that you join those modeling groups that are warnings and whatnot, protecting groups and whatnot. But yeah, I would say that if somebody doesn't have any, any modeling career, and they want to become a model, they could start by building an Instagram just by like getting a friend to take good photos of them and then take those photos, put those on Facebook, ask for what's known as a TFP, a time for print or a time for photo, um, get higher, you know, higher quality photos to then represent themselves, take those to uh, multiple agencies, I would recommend that you don't just choose one agency that only needs you to be signed with one agency, but to actually sign with multiple agencies. And then on top of that, keep freelancing, because like, we're in a day and age where it's rare to like, just sustain yourself as just a model, like, unless you're signed with like elite, all the way out in Europe, Jeremy, you know I like the reality of the situation is you're going to need to have multiple streams of income as a model, right? So then I would recommend that someone, um, every time they're about to shoot with a photographer, they ask the photographer for references for other models. That's a must. Um, because, you know, if anybody can create an account on the internet nowadays and post a bunch of photos they found on Google and you have absolutely no idea who you're meeting up with. So it's always a good idea to tell people where you're going, when you're going to be there. And if possible to have um, a chaperone, if that makes you feel comfortable, maybe study some martial arts. You know, <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> If you're in the state, maybe you should bring a weapon. Just right. <laughs> but like, you know, <laughs> um, 
you know, not, not that I promote violence, but definitely self-defense is important. And I've learned that many times. Yeah. I would say that those are the things that I would personally do. And then I would reach out to brands for credibility, because if you start to like influence for brands, what you can do is you can like wear the clothing out of shoot, uh, get the photos taken, take those photos, put them out on the internet, have your affiliation marketing code, and then you're making double the money because you're getting paid to wear the clothes and then you're getting paid to shoot. So you're like getting like future money and then you're getting present money. So that's one of the ways that as a model, I would recommend like, you know, you get your wheels going and then right. once you've built enough credibility like hi this big brand works with me or the small brand the small brand and this small brand and this small brand works with me then people recognize you as a professional which sounds ridiculous but that's just how it works you kind of have to fake it till you make it and just create this like image of yourself modeling is yes. all in creating an image yeah wow that's pretty good i like that what uh what are some experiences in in your career that you you just go back to and you think hey that was really awesome i got to work with that photographer or that brand or got to shoot at that location what are some highlights honestly my favorite shoots are done with friends and some of the most incredible editorial looking images have come from shooting with friends that i don't expect anything like i had this one shoot last year with my friend and she had this like big greek themed bathtub and we decided to fill it up with like milk and food coloring and this eco glitter that's like biodegradable and we used all these star machines and all this lighting to do what you know a filter would do in like a second but we're like no we're gonna do it all ourselves and make it look like you know like get the fog machine get this get that like set it all up Nice. And it was just so cool in the end. It just turned out to look like something that would be from like America's Next Top Model. Do you know what I mean? And it just brought me a lot of joy to co-create that. And I think that that's one of my favorite shoots I've ever done where like, yeah, I've shot for different for different companies, you know, and I've shot um, for different hobby photographers that have their own like, you know, look that they're trying to fulfill through the model and whatnot. Um, and I've met a lot of photographers that I've had really deep, amazing spiritual conversations with. And I think that those are the ones that I tend to remember the most because they've kind of played out this um, role in my life where when I was young, especially where, you know, they almost had like a family energy. And I know that sounds kind of weird to say, but mm -hmm. it's like, you know, like some photographers, they just like become these people in my life that they're friends. They almost like feel like those like, you know, family friends when your family has like an old person that's their friend and then they're all like really friendly and kind and loving and teach you wisdom that your family can't necessarily teach you i've definitely had moments in my modeling career where i've developed friendships with photographers i've shot with multiple multiple times where we've just created a certain level of depth and there's just a certain level of respect and understanding so i would say that those are the shoots that i really enjoy and um i always nice. love just being in nature like when i can spend a day like baking in the sun and nature and get paid to do it like, you know, like Great day. Yeah. <laughs> i'm not gonna complain right <laughs> I like shooting in at beaches and in nature and you know i've definitely done some really interesting shoots that are really cold and really uncomfortable but then the final look looks amazing um, right <laughs> you know like cold why am i out here <laughs> rainy shoots and things like that but yeah, I'm definitely not one of these models that goes like, wow, I shot with like this big name and that means something to me. Because like for me, I, I think that the, the shoots that have touched me on more of a personal level actually mean more to me than the shoots that are just like professional like milestones, if that makes yeah. any sense. Very yeah. cool. I love hearing that. That's awesome. So and that's part of creating, right, is, is about building that network together and doing something together that not everybody gets to do. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask you a little bit about the sustainability part of your life? Because I, I know you live 
you mentioned before it's not quite off grid, but it's kind of living back to nature and that sort of thing. What are some some things that you're doing in your personal life to to live more sustainably? Um, I would say I'm pretty much a hypocrite in that these days, in contrast <laughs> to the person I was. You know, um, that's okay. But- you know, everything is a balance and yeah, you know, I've gone through phases and I've learned to, you know, kind of find that moderation with it all. But, you know, the typical things, I try to recycle every single thing I can in every single way I can. And I try to upcycle everything I can in every single way. I mean, I live in a a tiny home, so people shop from my closet. Like I have this big Narnia closet and they just like come and shop from it. So like, I'm always considering like when I'm selling my clothes, I take that money and like, let's say I'll just buy one or like trade in like 40 clothes. And instead of just like dumping them somewhere or throwing them out, somebody comes and buys them. And then I take that money and I buy that one article of clothing that replaces those like 40 articles of clothing. So things like that. And then I'd say like, I have my fruit trees and I have my potatoes and I have my garlic and I have like my food that I'm growing. We used to have a farmer's market here. I don't know what's up with it since COVID because like there was a lot of just like calamity that happened in that time. So I haven't really with it but in the past we used to have a seed bank and seed exchange and a permaculture school here and things are like i said they're shifting and changing right now in this community um Mm -hmm. but i like forging my mushrooms in the fall i like gathering my herbs i like making my teas and my potions and i like making like body butters and ozonating them and um the stuff that i put on my skin is natural and organic and um yeah, I think that just by like living the way that I do, like I do have a lot of sustainable clothes. I'm wearing some like microplastics right now, which I know is a big no-no in my past, but like, you know, it's cozy. <laughs> and and I figured that if I only have a few items of like synthetic clothing, but I wear them like all the time and I like it. I can, then, you know, it's a healthy balance. But um, cool. yeah, just little things like that i think it's all in the little things that we do every day like how much we choose to eat out how much we choose to recycle uh, if we're choosing to always mail things from all over the world non-stop to ourselves or if we're choosing to like shop shop more locally um having a sustainable clothing line has been really huge for me because like i honestly love my sweater and i'll wear it more than most of the things i own <laughs> so i think sure. having less items of clothing with more usage has been huge for me in my tiny home life because like it gets really hectic in here real quick Let's see other things that I could recommend for sustainability. I think that there'll come a point where we can utilize technology to um, to synergize with nature a lot more effectively. And that Mm -hmm. we're still in this period as a collective where we're really caught in our self image. So we're not actually really advancing, but like the life that I have lived in contrast to the one I'm living now, because the one I'm living now isn't as sustainable as the life I have lived in contrast to my past. So I'd say something that were different where I used to uh, do humanure, which is where you compost your fecal matter and you use like an advanced toilet or you use the jungle, (laughs) which does a really good job real quick. You know, like that's the number one thing that I think as a species that we're missing is our connection to um, our fecal matter. I know that sounds really ridiculous, but like if we actually learned how to work with it instead of like just wasting water and flushing it everywhere and like getting rid of it in ways that are not sustainable for our planet, that would be a really big awakening on on like a grand scale. You know what I mean? Because I think that we don't really know how to work with our poo, to be you know, and we don't know how to like mulch things. We don't know how to like gather the seaweed at the storms and then like learn how to mulch right. our, our, our food. We've kind of forgotten these ways as to like how we communicate with nature because we are so accustomed to just like always going to the grocery store. Everything's in plastic. Everything's pre-made. 
And I think that convenience is one of the biggest things that we that, you know, it's, it's costing us on a bigger scale right now. So I would say, you know, like for me, I don't drive a car and I haven't for a long time. I just have my my e-bike. But yeah, like I'm a hypocrite. Like I take rides when I can. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, and I use around. public transport and like, you know, like so I'm right. not like but but I definitely, you know, I, I do my best by like keeping as local as I can when I'm here, you know, or where wherever I go anywhere, you know, because I do travel. So I, mm-hmm. I know I have quite a, a travel footprint on the planet and I'm not perfect, but like when I go anywhere, my aim is to meet the farmers, figure out who they are figure out what they're selling, how I can support them. And yeah, and eating as locally as possible. Yeah, just minding what I'm consuming. I think that that's like number one thing is we yeah. can use it's okay to use things. I think we have shame around using things as, as humans. We mm-hmm. have this like love and shame of like using things. Yeah. And I think it's fine to use things as long as you learn how to use them effectively. That's what I like I'm figuring out is like it's it's okay for me to buy that fuzzy thing that I really is going to keep me warm and comfortable. But as long as I'm not just like buying it and throwing it away and then buying another one and throwing it away and buying another one and throwing it away. You know what I mean? Good approach. Good approach. Yeah. It's, once I buy it, like that's my treat for a while. I'm not going to like splurge over and over and over again. Right? Well, just saying something nice and warm and fuzzy probably causes you to use less heat. So long term, it's sustainable at some level. Right. So there's always that give and take too, Right. So. Yeah, I mean, that was my main reason for actually starting to buy fuzzies because I do have some guilt around it at times. Because, like, once you have that awareness of, like, the microplastics are going into the ocean, you know what I mean? Even if you use the bags and use, like, the African soap nuts and do all the little things, it's like, you know, the back of your conscience is like, I am having an impact that is detrimental on Mother Earth. And, like, that's very hard. Like, you know, I'm not one of these people that can go to the beach and then just let litter enter the ocean. I just can't. It literally, it's just like, not you know what i mean like i have to go and i have to go like spend my entire day not chilling and just picking it everywhere until it's gone (laughs) and then i can chill right and so i don't know i think that those are the ways that i do my best to help planet i've tried to protect forests unfortunately you know that doesn't always work (laughs) but i've done my best to protect some places um and I tried to raise awareness to to certain things through my newsletter, and I have for many years. And I've tried to link the people that have money to, like, the ocean protectors and the people who have money towards the forest protectors and the people who protect indigenous uh, culture to weave them together and then to play this facade of being this, like, model-slash-rapper girl. So I think yeah. that that's kind of how I go about promoting more sustainability is through Very my cool. influence. You know, Natalia, don't don't sell yourself short. You're doing a lot of great things there, and I think you know when you when you feel a call or a, a leading in your life to to be an advocate for something like that, then don't sell yourself short when you're trying to do the small things and experiment on what's working because it sounds like you're doing a lot of really great things. So some yeah. of us aren't doing a lot at all. So so yeah. just take that for a, for a win there. So I get that, and I take that in. I guess for me, it's just like you know. I'm not trying to be humble or modest. It's more so just like I have the self-awareness that like I think that all of us are hypocrites in some way. And if we can take ownership of that, right, we can take ownership of, of our flaws, then we can actually really understand like the glimmers of authenticity and truth that is within us. Because like I think if I hadn't come to such a balance in my own life with materialism, then maybe I would be more judgmental, you know, towards people that are hyper materialistic, right? And because right. I'm, I'm I've been that person once upon a teenager, I was hyper materialistic and I didn't know. Right. And 
I've also been the revolutionary hippie, hippie girl that, you know, kind of can be a bit like snooty. I, you know, like, so I've got, I've understood like, you know, there's different facets to our psyche and how we approach our relation with earth and every person's relation with earth is completely different. Like you might have a hillbilly and for them, like they're like crazy music blasting with like a crazy fire and like drinking beer and all that's their ritual. Like that's their connection to earth. Right. And then you might have, you know, some person who's just afraid of germs and, you know, only buys the finest high heels on the planet. Or I don't know, like there's all these different people and like the way that they relate with uh, the universe, like that's their, that's their connection. So I'm here to just say like, well, these are, these, this is my, my connection is trying to find a balance and to be more accepting of myself, you know? And there's, there's probably a level in life where, you know, you develop and you mature and you see things and you have experiences and you, you live a certain way and then you live a different way and you kind of learn all the way through that. I think kind of bridges that gap and makes, makes our lives fulfilled, right? Because we get to experience all of these things and grow through it all. Right. So our time here is very short. So, so, you know, getting to always evolve into something new and greater, I think is, is the, the big piece in it all. Right. So. I think that that's uh, one of the biggest components that if we can come to learn how to include, then we can transcend. And a lot of people don't like the word transcend because it sounds like really very fairy. But what it basically means is like, you know, you're able to take something in and -hmm. then you're able to make something of it. Right. Like that's. And because a lot of the time, I think that we compartmentalize and we we create a lot of opposition with duality. We go, it's this, it's that, it's black, it's white, it's wrong, it's right, it's male, it's female, it's this, it's that. And concept itself is naturally dualistic. And a lot of the time we get caught in opposition because we think that something has to be one way or it has to be the other. But the universe is filled with paradox, right? So through inclusion, we have this ability to go, it's this and it's also potentially this. It's this, but potentially it's not this, but it's also that. And what happens with that is that we're not forming a conclusion. We're just allowing the the variables to present themselves as they do. And then we allow ourselves to create action from certainty, right? And certainty is not thought, it is felt. So it's it's a matter of choice creating ripple, right? And coming back to, as you mentioned in the beginning, balance, right? So Yes, balance. Yes, for sure. Very cool. No, I love that. Love that the way you brought that around again. So um what are what are some some things for uh i we we could probably go out this conversation for a long time but you know coming next couple of years and that sort of thing for natalia what what are some goals ambitions dreams that you see for yourself i'm gonna finish this album i'm hopefully gonna go on some modeling tours and um keep working on my album like you know i like living my life like a romance so i like putting myself in foreign not so foreign foreign places you know kind of taking the time to work on my craft from a distance because not everything can be done from a laptop so it's kind of that healthy balance like having my grounded local community vibe and then going off on trips and networking and trying to weave like different markets together and all of that and um so yeah, so I've got like my album, I want to eventually uh, fundraise for my musical I've been working on for 15 years. And cool. um, I've got books that I'm getting formatted. And um, yeah, there, I mean, there's so many things, there's so many projects in the work. Eventually, I want to create an app for I just finished a breathwork course that took me four and a half years to film and edit. Yes. So I 
working a lot that hence the name observe breathe on like just how to create a programs that are very effective in what they do when it comes to breath work whether that's soothing the breath invigorating the breath cooling the body heating the body I organize the breath and it's in sequences that are effective and that are safe for the body because not all breath work is safe unless somebody knows exactly with the, the progression yeah, of the breath cool. work. And so I've been um, just probably working on on um, just continuing to build from that, like eventually creating all these different courses that are connected through subscription based um, oriented website or like I said, eventually creating an app. I'm always creating content for other people, whether that's filming or editing or scripting or like all the different things that I do. I'm kind of at a place of unknown because like, you know, chat GBT comes into the room and all of a sudden it's like, well, we're not going to need models or content creators anymore. So I'm kind of like, I don't know. Like I'm just at this place of like a standstill, but I do know that like, yeah, I want to eventually create an app and I want to, um, finish all my albums my my albums are like my number one like everything that I do for modeling and influencing is honestly to fund my music you know like if I didn't have to uh influence or model like um I think that I would just be a hermit and like be happily in the woods which is what I've been doing more so recently on my time off from shooting <laughs> you know cool. so have my books have my tea have my forest you know and go Good to go, eh? <laughs> record stick to myself you know like um yeah but yeah, you know, be, being out there in the world is really interesting. Like modeling is very interesting. And throughout the years, I've applied a lot of my yoga practice and my meditation practice to modeling because you have to become this formless person in a form, yes. right? And yep. It can be soul sucking if, if a person isn't coming from a place of like uh, understanding what their boundaries are, understanding what they're willing to do with their body or not. Like modeling is such an industry where, you know, people, they want what they want from you. And it's your choice as to whether you say yes to it or you say no and whether mm. you take them or you don't. Right. So for me, I think that it's been something over the years that I've really particularly enjoyed and had positive experiences with. I have definitely had my moments where I'm like, what am I doing? And this is one heck of a creepy industry. <laughs> And that's why more so I've been like connected to agencies later, lately, you know, later in life, because there is a lot of risk with the freelance modeling. And that's just truth. Like you never know when someone's going to tie you up. And that's that, you know, like, you know, you just never know. So yeah, I'm just in this phase right now where I'm not really interested in performing or doing festivals, because there's a lot of things I avoid in general, when it comes to people these days, I've learned a lot of lessons. And that's all part of it. It's it's a kind of like you were talking about just different different places you've been in your life. Sometimes that we need that break time, and sometimes we're just ready to give her again. And yeah. you know, in between, it's awesome. Good for you. What? Uh, how do? How can we get a hold of you? I know, you know, there's a there's a level of privacy you like to keep, obviously. But what are some things? What are some ways we can get in touch with you or contact you if yeah. somebody wanted to work with you or? I have an uh, official website, which basically all of my talents and skills and social media is on there. And you can just find me there and it's observebreathe.com. So you observe and you breathe, breathe. observebreathe.com. So if they want to find cool. me on Instagram, my Instagram is on there, but it's observe underscore breathe, you know, and yeah. not that hard to find. Um, but, you know, if somebody wants to find my music, everything is on there because it's it shows it shows all my pages. It goes like this page, that page and that page. So that's nice. kind of like my, my hub. Going forward, and as we start to consider closing this off, what what would be Instagram and all of the social medias and your email list and everything blew up, and you could have a million people to to share one message to? What would be the what would be the thing you'd want everybody to know? That we're a mirror of the earth, 
And uh, our lungs are like upside down trees that breathe. And our bodies are like, you know, if we look at our veins and we look at our meridian lines and then we look at the mycelial networks, we'll actually see this beautiful fractal symmetry between human beings and nature. And I believe Mm -hmm. that we've come here to be stewards of the earth rather than just consumers, self-serving consumers that are competitive and opinionated. I think that we can learn how to utilize AI without it going crazy and killing us. <laughs> you know, it might have, we don't know, you know, like knowing the nature of human beings, but I think <laughs> that it'd be so cool if we took this time where we are right now and did every single thing we possibly could to salvage the planet and to make it a better place, but then that would be great. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think it would just be really cool to make permaculture cool again, you know, like instead of focusing all this energy on like celebrity gossip and la 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 la, and trends and I think it would be really cool if people just like got really enthused to like have their own garden even if it was like you know something that was just done for you know novelty I don't care do you mean like it's better than if people can learn that it's it's gonna be really awesome thing to have your own crops you know like that would be great that would be step one like connect to your food right (laughs) connect to your land connect to your food step two is be really 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 kind in community because you know everything is temporary and it's all a mystery so we might as well come from a place of love instead of being douchebags you know like that's all i have to say with that r-e-s-p-e-c-t right right well, thank you so much for sharing tonight, uh, Natalia. I think uh, think we'll probably chat sometime down the road too, because I know there's lots of good things to share about your albums coming out and your books and uh, some of your sh- more model shoots and stuff like that. So we do appreciate you sharing your time tonight and uh, we look forward from hearing you down the road. So, Okay. Well, much love. Thank you. Appreciate right the Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate the time you've given us today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd encourage you to subscribe yourself and share this with a friend. And while I have your attention, if you're a model or you're an influencer and you're looking to become better known in the industries, one of the best ways to succeed is by increasing your mental stamina and bringing strong levels of personal confidence to the table. If that's something you've been looking for, I'm inviting you to join me, Coach Ben, for Model Mindset Mentoring, during which each session we'll meet talk through roadblocks at your path, dissect damaging lies or repeat themselves over and over, build actionable steps to take you to the Wonder Woman or Man levels of confidence, giving your career the liftoff you need. This process is a lot like a weekly mental retreat where you bring all the burdens of the week, they're dropped off, and you leave with a renewed strength of a supermodel owning the catwalk of your career. So if that's something you're interested in, feel free to message me on Instagram at benq.coach or join our Facebook group. You'll find the links in the show notes below. Look forward to working together. Thank you.